Look around. People are turning their finances around and changing their lives all around you. In today's first Financial Mirror interview, we have one of them. We sat down with Kyle, who's an author, IT professional, and more importantly, an everyday guy, as he talks about a change in mindset and how that changed his financial future. Let's jump right in. Here we go in three, two, one. Let's go. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast today and you have a genius idea that you want to share with the world, Anchor is going to be the easiest way for you to make that podcast a reality. First, it's free. When you're thinking about your finances, free is always good. Second, save your money. You really don't need professional software to get started. Anchor's tools help you create and then edit that podcast right from your mobile phone or computer. Anchor's then going to help you by distributing that podcast to all the major podcast applications, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can then easily make money for your podcast. No minimum listenership is required. So Anchor obviously is everything that you need to make your podcast dream come true. I use Anchor to distribute out my podcast and so should you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, don't wait. Do it today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another week of the Financial Mirror. Uh, so this is actually the first time. So lucky, lucky for Kyle here. This is the first time that we're doing a live interview. Uh, this is strictly about uh, a real life, actual experience that Kyle's gone through his journey, how he's been with his finances, and hopefully uh, you can take something away from this so that, that you can you can end up controlling your finances in a way uh, that that is. Maybe out of the norm of what you're you're used to doing, uh, but but more in line with where you want to be, right? Uh, so welcome, Kyle. Thank I appreciate you. appreciate you coming you. Uh, and doing this. And so me and Kyle, we obviously are uh, co-workers as well. Uh, we've worked together for a couple couple of years now. You've suffered for two years. Suffered? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's mutual. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's 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 a pleasure. I really am. Really, I'm glad you're here. So. Um, we're going to kick it off. We're going to uh, dig into a little bit of Kyle's finances. I know that that's might sound weird, but uh, we'll dig into it. I gave him the, the, the pre-talk of what to expect, and and ultimately, we're not going to get too personal, but we're going to get into some aspects that, that are hopefully learning points for everyone else. Uh, so real quick to start off, Kyle, if you, if you don't mind, just tell us a little about yourself. Um, well, I was born in Texas, and that's all you need to know. No, I'm kidding. Roll Todd. Yeah, no. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I was born in Texas, and um, I grew up, went to went into the military a few years late, uh, did my four years, got my college, um, lived in Japan for 13, 14, 15 years, somewhere around there, uh, and then I got a job offer in Hawaii, and so then I... Right on. And so that that does lead me to so you've got all this this experience um, from military to the schooling to moving around all across the world actually but how how has that influenced how you've handled your finances? Um, well, both positively and negatively. Uh, I would say positively uh, coming to Hawaii is when I really dialed in uh, when I was younger and you know just out in the world I really didn't give it too much thought I knew it was in the background it was on the back burner but uh, yeah it wasn't until Hawaii that it really kind of kicked into gear so, so what did you do 
What, how did you use to handle your finances? Um, well, I've always been a firm believer in don't buy something you don't really need. Like, uh, like my cell phone, for instance, it's two years old. Do I need a new one? No, it's still, it's still operational. If, uh, you know, spend the extra money to buy a screen protector, but you know, it still works. So why buy a new one? Um, but when you do buy, you buy quality top line stuff. So, I mean, right. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm a spender, but at the same time, it, I've always been kind of like, eh, it still works. Make it do. So you, you're you're not a you're not a penny pincher per se, but you're not a you're not a let me go out and get the newest thing type of person. Uh, before Hawaii, yes, definitely. That that was definitely before. Uh, since moving to Hawaii, I've turned more into a frugal person. There we go. So I'm sure we're going penny to... pincher does not have a good ring, but frugal <laughs> frugal sounds classy. Hey. So. We'll stick to the classiness thing. Keep it classy, San Diego. What was that from? Oh, Ron uh, Burgundy. That's Ron no. Burgundy. That's Anchorman. Here we go. So, oh, come on, man. So, uh, so I, I, I do have to ask because I, I talk so much among. If you if you go back and listen to t- any of the podcasts, any of the the streams, I talk a lot about budgeting. So, my I have to ask you: Have you ever, or or do you now even set a formal budget every single month? Uh, I am going to judge you, by the way. No, no, that's fine. No, uh, beforehand, not. no. Um, I've always kept my, you know, my fingers to the pulse of my financial, my financials, but uh, I've never, only a few times in the past when I've been like at rock bottom and scraping by to make ends meet, have I budgeted and said, okay, uh, you know, I can't afford this, I cannot afford this, and so on and so forth. Um. But yeah, I've I've always kept a, a steady eye on my financials, looking at my bank account, uh, seeing how much is in it, how much I need to divert for pay for this or that or or whatever the case may be. Uh, now it's kind of the same, uh, only because I know intrinsically what my financials are, and I know when I'm getting out of hand. When I'm, oh let's let's go let's go buy some fast food, you know, like no, I. I Try not to. Uh, once, once every two weeks, you know, is what I allow myself. Sometimes I'll get lazy. Go once a week or a couple of weeks, and I'm like, okay, I you know, Ooh, hold yeah, back, hold yeah, back. Yeah. So uh, reel it in. There you go. But yeah. So technically, no, I do not budget, but I have allocated in my head where my finances need to go. Um, if I ever found myself uh, letting my expenses run away, you can be sure I would definitely. Okay, let's plan it out. So, and I have, you know, when I first got here to Hawaii, um, I did make a budget because it was so new. So, coming to America from Japan, I was like stepping into a foreign country, even though it's my own. Right. You know, because I'd been gone for so long. So, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out because this is crazy. So, yeah, when I first got here, yeah, I did. Um, sure. Do you think that that is that sort of laid the foundation for, or I guess this is what I'm picking up is that a lot of your budgeting is is now because it's so second nature, it's become sort of your your you know where your money needs to go, but it's not maybe it's not on paper, but uh, that's where it started. It started on yeah. paper, and then now you just sort of your it's expenses running... are not really changing that much, and, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. just sort of going through, and you know how much you have to go here and here and here type of thing. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's definitely second nature by now. Uh, I know what I'm I'm getting out of my lane, and I know when I need to get back in my lane. So 
Uh, definitely, it's it's all up here now. That's so. that's really good. Uh, so so whenever um, you initially got here, and and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna just pick up. Uh, we we'll, we'll, we won't bring up your past Texas experience. You know, we'd oh, rather. Come on. <laughs> but 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 truthfully, actually, I think that is a good story that we probably tell me. should tell me. Uh, okay, so the first time I ever got involved in the stock market, I Ooh. was 18 years old. There we go. Um, my my stepdad got me into it, and I know if he ever listens to this podcast, he's going to be rolling his eyes and shaking his head. Sorry, but um, <laughs> we're sorry, Mister Below. No, no, Mister Carpenter. Mister Carpenter. Okay, but uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so he was telling me about the stock market and mutual funds and all that, and I was like, oh, okay, this sounds cool. This sounds great. And he's like, bring me a thousand dollars, we'll invest it. I brought a thousand dollars. I lost it all, mm. and quickly too. I mean, it was like weeks, and I was like, "Hey, so how's my account?" He's like, "Yeah, it's not there anymore." So, um, Jeez. yeah. So, and at eighteen, still in high school, uh, you know, a thousand dollars is everything. No, you know? unless someone had a really nice job while they were in high school, a thousand dollars was everything. So, I was like back to square one with nothing scraping by. And, um, that was a nice animation, by the way. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I've been trying to keep it lively for you so they don't go, oh, my God, wake up. Um, but, yeah, so anyways, um, and I was, I, from that day on, I swore I would never get into the stock market again because it is it's just a money pit, a bunch of sharks. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I had a very Ill, um, Ill view of the stock market for almost – Almost two decades. Wow. Uh, and, and that was a big hurdle for you to overcome. There was. So, um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's how that started. And I very clear forever. Well, that's, that's good that we're going to get to that because that's a, uh, that actually sets up really nice for, for how this whole thing ends. So yeah. that's really nice. But I think, I think whenever you, uh, what I want to jump into is how you those initial hurdles that you had to overcome when you first got here. So you, you moved here from Japan. Uh, you started getting this whole budget thing. You started mm -hmm. getting your, your finances underway. You mm -hmm. started realizing that it was important. What were some of the initial hurdles that you, that you sort of faced? Oh my God. Um, like as far as like budgeting is concerned or well, just, yeah, in, or? in certain terms of just your, your finances. So, um, the, the, cause a lot of, a lot of my, of my, Things that I that I bring up are, are are more financial psychology and how you're thinking about it. So, how did you approach from a mental perspective your your finance and how you were going to control them, whether it be through budgeting or whether it be through um, your choice of how much you can afford for for living, food, whatever? How did you come up with all that? So, and what hurdles uh, did you experience? Really, I'm, unfortunately, my first uh, eleven months here, uh, it was. Kind of like a nuclear bomb going off in terms of. Uh, I have a friend. Right. Uh -uh. Lay down. We have we have our friend Ace here. All right, he's just gonna he's gonna hang out. So don't mind him. Right. So um, my rent was so astronomical, so much higher. It was like two and a half, almost two, like two point eight times higher than when I was paying in Japan. Wow. And I was like, oh my god. I mean, I had, I had a friend who lived here for three years prior to me arriving, and she told me how expensive it was, and I didn't quite believe her. But when I got here and, you know, I went to the store and saw eight, eight, eight bucks for a gallon of milk, I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is crazy. <laughs> so immediately from the start, I had to like, okay, I need to only buy what I need. 
And that's usually, and I still ask myself that question when I go to the store, and I'm like, do I need this, or is this a want? If it goes into the want, then I can wait. So, um, But yeah, so I, I, put, I made an Excel sheet, a uh, spreadsheet, as, you know, as soon as I started getting, I think it was my first month's worth of pay, and uh, I said, okay, I got rent, I got cell phone, I got uh, auto insurance, I've got gas, I've got food, you know, and I just kind of, and what, and what was left over was pennies. You know, wow. It, it was, so the whole first year that I was living here, I was scraping by. And I mean, it was, I, I still managed to save a little bit, but it was, it was really, really tight. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, that's tough, but, but <laughs> I, I, I do have to ask if yeah. you, now that you've experienced it, now that you've done it, is there, was there anything that you, that you learned that you took away from that, that, that sort of you still are using today? Yeah, uh, definitely the mentality of uh, needs versus wants. Um, I've kind of always been that way, but now it's just even more so. Um, looking at all the nice glittering things on the shelves, and you know, uh, I'm an in, uh, before I'm an impulse buyer. If I if I see something I'm like that's a really good, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get that. You know, uh, now I'm just like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I still have to I have to I have to fight that impulse to go buy something because I you know. It, it's a part of it's hardwired in. I don't know where I picked it up from, but yeah. So that, that's pretty much what I took that's away good, from though. all that is the, the fighting my impulses. So so you so you were a spender before? Um, no, I was never like a really heavy spender. But if if if, if the deal looks sweet enough to entice me, I'd be like, you know. So I mean, I. Before I moved here, I had a television I had for 10 years, you know. I, there was no re reason to upgrade until it started, like, actually going on the fritz. And then, um, so. Wow. So I have to ask. So if you could go back to, we can, use, we can use that time frame or we can use prior time frame, prior to moving to Japan, prior to, however, whenever you, just a, an older or, or, a, or a younger you, right? Okay. Where, if I gave you a thousand dollars, where would you put it besides your dad's mutual fund account? <laughs> uh, let's what, see. What, what would you? What Are you would you about do? For savings? Or? No, I'm talking about you in that mindset, though. What would you have done um, with it? Not in your mindset today, but in your mindset back then. What would you have done with a thousand dollars? I probably would have put it in savings, a savings account. Savings account. Um, strictly because of. Uh, how I was raised, the economical status that I had when I was very young. Um, I mean, before I even knew what hardships were, you know, there's something ingrained in me to save for a rainy day. And I, I still, I try so, so very hard, you know, sometimes it seems like as soon as you start making headway of like your little nest egg, your rainy day fun, something comes up and it just kind of scoops a couple you know, grand or a hundred off the top. And it's like, Oh, we got to take care of this. And it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. And, you know, you got to start building it back up. And it seems like that's a repeating cycle of life all the time. So uh, I think that if at any given time you would have given me a grand, I probably would have put it. So do, do you consider yourself to have come from a, um, a very, Wealthy upbringing? Um, no, or? I did not have an affluent upbringing. Um, I def I wouldn't say poverty, but as close to as close to as you can get to it without being poverty level. Um, wow. I mean, it's it 
touch and go at time now as an adult hearing all the stories and knowing what i know i'm like oh crap we were like almost lost the house a couple times you know so um you know uh came from a big family and in a small 900 square foot house so i mean you learn to live on top of each other you learn a lot of things that are you know that mold you as a child into your upbringing so yeah the, uh, so now, catch us up to today. So we, we've now been all across the country and now all across the world. Bring us back to today. Now you're in Hawaii. Um, you're, you're obviously now a lot more in control of your finances. How? Yeah. Sort, of, sort of walk me through sort of where you're at financially in your journey today. Okay. So uh, as I stated before, the first 10 or 11 months, I was scraping by and I... Had to go. Okay, where can I save money? Um, obviously, I need all of these things. Um, well, it's, I guess technically you don't need the internet. You know, that's a. It feels like it's a necessity, but it's actually not. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get rid of internet. That's how I keep in contact with family across the globe. Uh, I need my cell phone so people can get because I don't have a landline. So you know, I started thinking, okay. Where can I start saving money? And then I started looking into uh, AT&T, Verizon Sprint, seeing what they offered for uh, what their monthly bill was. And for a while, I was with Verizon because they were the cheapest of the big corporations. And then I started looking at, you know, off the mainstream path, like uh, Pure Talk USAA. Um, and then I actually saw a uh, commercial for Spectrum Internet. And it's like, hey, if you got internet with us, we'll give you a cell phone. Uh, unlimited data for this amount of month. And I was like, oh, well, that's even cheaper than what I'm paying now. So I'm definitely going to move over there. So everything everything that I had, I, I found ways to, to cut costs while still maintaining all that I had. Right. If that, you know, no, so, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, so, and then slowly but surely, I started rebuilding that, that nest egg that was so severely depleted from moving across the globe to Hawaii to take the job. So. Uh, moving is expensive. I, I came with two suitcases and a box, and that was it to sum up my life. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I started really from nothing. And, you know, that first week, I only had a week to get my affairs in order, so I had to take what was offered. With the car I got, uh, you know, the the apartment I signed a deal for, I should have looked a little bit more for a deal on an apartment. Cause that, yes, you should have. That was... This that was a long year. Oh my god, it was it was terrible. It was a long year. My my brother was like, the amount you're paying on rent, you could buy two houses here <laughs> in Texas. I'm like, yeah, I know. Thank you, thank yeah. you for telling me. Valid. So, yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, slowly but surely, I built up that nest egg, and uh, right when I was able to start breathing a little bit easier, that's when I started noticing that you were talking about the stock market. And I was like. Well, this guy's an idiot. You know, <laughs> dumb guy, man. Yeah, dumb guy. Don't listen to him. I lost thousand yeah, dollars. That's right. Uh, twenty years ago, or almost twenty years. So, um, but actually, that's when you started talking to me about it, and I started listening to you. Even if it seems like I'm not listening to you, I, I'm keeping my ear open. You got to. So you know, to everybody uh, working. So, um, and eventually, you finagled and wrangled me into into giving it a try. And at the time, I set aside three hundred dollars. I think it was. I said, okay, I can lose this $300 and it not kill me. But it was quite close to my max that I could afford to lose. So it, 
when I put that little nest egg in there, that was literally it, you know? Right. So, um, put that in and, you know, we talked stocks, we researched companies. Um, and at the time I thought we were pretty savvy and smart and in retrospect, we were lucky idiots. Not really, but you know, we, we were lucky. I got lucky several times, you know, uh, with some of the stocks that I had chosen that after that initial drop in what was March, March 14th, March, yeah. yeah, somewhere, uh, some of those stocks that I invested in just shot through the roof because they were, uh, beer flu related. So, you know, like iBio, that, that was one I, I had like that. a 1300% return on. I was like, Oh my God. You know, so unfortunately I didn't have enough money sank into it. So, I mean, the, the, that one alone got me back my nest egg, but I didn't pull that nest egg out. I kept it there and, and used it to reinvest. And that's the big thing is whatever earnings you get, you don't pull away from your, from, from that nest egg. I mean, sure. If I need to, I can pull out that money tomorrow and say, I've got to take care of this. But I don't, I don't, I just reinvest and reinvest and hopefully the, you know, the pool gets bigger and bigger. Right. So. No, I think, I think that's good. And I think uh, it's good for, for anybody who's watching or listening to understand that there's, there's a lot of different trading or investing strategies out there. And, 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 um, and I can speak for myself, I've been in the stock market since 2010, mm -hmm. that, that it's a, um, it's a it's it's a big difference in what you what you think you know when you when you really when you can when you really back up and you say okay I've I've been successful at this and this and this but what do I really know and and I'm glad you brought that up because because it was a it was a learning moment for me too and 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 uh and we'll talk about it um, here in just a second but I but I think that I think that is huge that um you were able to get back into something that was so uh, off limits or, or, or so, taboo. so yeah, taboo yeah. to your, to your yeah. life, but, uh, detrimental to your financial health. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was the, do you remember what, what was said that, that sort of was just that tipping point it was like, okay, so, I'm willing to do this. Well, I, I think you kind of just hit on the head right now, which was, um, you've been doing it since 2010 and I didn't, I don't know how much uh, of your financial success came from the stock market. I just knew that it was a lot more than me, which was nothing. Right. So I was like, okay, he's obviously doing something right. And the one lesson that uh, I learned from the mutual fund fiasco uh, decades before was don't just dump your money in. So, uh, and that's unfortunately what happened with me. Uh, so ne next time you just got to trickle it in. But um, so yeah, I for me, I think it was like oh, I've been doing this for almost a decade by then, and I've been I've had many more successes than failures, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right. And then when you kind of told me your mentality of how you pick stocks, I was like, okay, so this is not a guessing game. This is an educate well, an educated guess or you know guesstimate, and I think that's what really kind of did it for me. Yeah. And and we won't we won't get into as much trading strategies on this, uh, but but I think that the 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 big takeaway that I want to ensure people are taking away is that it, it doesn't have to be taboo to people. Like mm -hmm. the stock market doesn't have to be. And and uh, what what has now been um, 
the wake up call for where you now feel confident in the stock market? Um, I think it would have to be expanding my actual knowledge of how the market works, being able to, well, I know you said you don't want to get into technicalities, but being able to understand what a candle is, what volume means, uh, what this, you know, technical pattern means and, um, and looking at the, not just like for the current week, but for the past month, for the past six months, what's the trend? Um, the trend is your friend kind of, you kind of thing. So, um, even when we were investing and the educated decisions that we made and uh, picking our stock, I, it's paltry compared to what I know now. And the one interesting thing is that, uh, you know, we, we've both done our trainings and um, we can speak to each other on a level that when other people in the office are talking about stocks and I'm just like, and I look and I'm like, was I that ignorant once upon a time? And I'm right. not saying that they're dumb or anything, but they're just getting in too. And, you know, you try to help where you can. Um, but I was like, wow. It, it really shows how far you've come in a short amount of time. You know, I began, what was it, uh, November of 2019 is when I started. So, like, right around that time frame. Uh, yeah, I got in right before the big crash. So, <laughs> or the 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 reset so but yeah and luckily i rode through that pretty well um i wasn't seriously wounded or tied up with it but we obviously know by the title of this of this stream that last year you had a hundred and whatever percent year-to-date return right mm -hmm. so what 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 do you think constituted to being able to pull that off because obviously you 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 talked about some of your lack of knowledge in certain areas, uh, some confidence building in there. How were you able to take all of the experiences you have with the stock market and still pull out a 100-plus year-to-date return? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, early on, some of it was luck. I just happened to be in the right stock at the right time, and I got a 1,300% return on, in one day. Um, so, um, I think also early on, it wasn't about greed. Um, it's very hard to fight greed on no matter how much or how little it affects you. Greed is a very strong pull and it takes tenacity to say, no, I need to bail. Uh, I've made my profit and I mean, it'd be great if it, you know, ran, but I'm will I'm content with this to take my money and walk away. It's like when you're playing poker, you got to know when to fold them to walk away. And unfortunately, uh, I don't know when to walk away from poker, so I do, I just don't play poker. Right. So yes, that's a good that's a good reason not to yeah. play poker. So, um, but yeah, uh, so I would say uh, I would say fighting greed and gaining knowledge of of how the stock market works. And what to look for, and I even though I earlier I said the trend is your friend, I try not to follow the 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 path of well everyone's doing this. Let's go. No, 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 that that's not good enough for me because right. everyone over here could be morons. Correct. One hundred percent correct. And so I try to find my own uh, find find my own path. Now that being said, I know I bounce things off of you and vice versa. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this one? And what do you see? And 
uh, I think is very interesting, uh, and I know we talked about this, uh, but it's very interesting that now a lot of times we see the exact same thing. This is good, this is bad. But sometimes, sometimes we look at something and I say one thing and you say the other, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but at the same time, you're like, what is he talking about? That's correct. So uh, what I really want to do is find that disconnect between us where, where we're both, either I'm faulting, you're faulting, or we're both faulting, and find out what it is and correct it. Because if I can correct it, then my chances for success are that much higher. That's right. No, that's good. And so with so with all that good, all the good things that happened in, in the past year for you with with the uh, the growth of your account obviously is is great. You know, that's that's what most people want, right? Mm-hmm. Most people were pulling last year, I think the average was uh an a, for an average mutual fund was twelve percent with, with the COVID stuff, it, it was a little higher, but um but with all of that success what do you think was some of the things that you really learned what were some of those learning points along the way that you you think people could take away that's a very long question <laughs> um i mean only only what i've already pretty much already said you know um educate yourself um I thought I was educated when, when I first got into it. Um, so, and that's far from the truth. I was an idiot that got lucky half the time. Uh, you know, some, some of the choices I made were, were solid companies and, you know, but that's the, that's a dangerous mentality of, Oh, this company will be around forever. You know, that's no, right. no, it's not, you know, you know, or it could go belly up or Apple or, you know, is it likely? Probably not, but you know, um, I don't know. Sears was doing pretty good, man. And, and then, they just, then it wasn't. And then it wasn't. Yeah. So, um, let's see what else. Learn to walk away. Don't let greed take over. Uh, set your limits. Don't don't dump your money in. Trickle it in. Uh, you know. And once once I started seeing success, then I allowed myself to pull fifty dollars a check or twenty five if I couldn't afford it. Or this one time a hundred. Or when my tax return came in, I would, you know, take twenty percent of that. And put it in that account. I wouldn't just go and go crazy, but you know, I put it in my in my stock buying account, and then um, then uh, then I started thinking about retirement, and that's a you know that's a whole another story. Absolutely. Um, but the the quick of it is is that I, retirement didn't exist for me up until a few years ago. I never even gave it a thought. I mean, yeah, it's like I said, back burner. But I'm like, eh, I've got time. And, you know, 20 years is not that long. It may seem long when you're 20 years old because it took a long time to get there. But looking back 20 years ago, I'm like, dang, that seems like last week, you know. And and then, oh, my God, I only got 20 more years. You know, they say the the longer you're alive, the faster the years go by. And I'm really starting to feel that and believe it. So I'm like, oh, man, I've got to get on my retirement. And, you know. Uh, and I, you know, I know we've had many conversations about that and like, okay, so Roth or traditional or what do you, you know, so, um, but yeah, uh, that was another thing that I kind of had to also pause on my individual account that I was growing and switch my focus to retirement because you know, I, I need to take care of myself later down the road, not just today. That's right. So that's good. So, um, as we wrap this up, I want, I want the 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 last piece is for for you to give a last parting advice just one sentence of of 
you can just just say this is what I would tell my younger self. This is what I would tell my my children. This is what I want to tell you. What would you tell anyone that listens to this or watches this um, about getting their finances in order? Um, one sentence. One wow. sentence, man. I th- I'm gonna have to think about that for a while. No, you don't. Um, you got it. You got it right there, from the tip of your tongue. No, no, no. I, I know what I want to say. I just can't say it in one sentence. Then give me a couple of sentences. Okay. Um, I would say, uh, I wouldn't say education is free, but education is everywhere. And kind of stealing from you, um, you can never go wrong investing in yourself. Part of that investigating is education. So, uh, yeah, that's probably what I would tell myself. I definitely tell my kids that, uh, but I would definitely tell my, my 18-year-old self, you know, I know you hate studying. <laughs> you know, I know some things come easy, but if you really want to take care of yourself and your family, you've really got to educate yourself. Agreed. So as we wrap it up, I want you to, uh, if, you, if there's anything that you want to give a shout-out to or anything that you want to um, mention to the listeners uh, on the stream, you can go ahead. All right. Uh, so I'm an author. Unfortunately, Joe has to listen to me talk about writing all the time. Right. Like all the time. If we're not talking about stocks, we're talking about writing. So uh, I've got a couple of books out. that You can find them on Amazon. Uh, the Bearer of Secrets. It's a grimdark fantasy. Um, there's The Demon's Fate. It's a military sci-fi. And I've also got The Dark Portal. It's a thriller novella. And I also got a website if you want to check it out. It's uh, www.outpostdire.com. And I write blogs there. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm also, I've also got reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. So. Hey, and we'll, um, for, if you missed any of that, we'll put it all down in the, in the description uh, for this stream. And make sure that you go and check that out. And if you've got any kind of... Um, Amazon services, Kindle Unlimited, anything like that. Just just go in and look up one of the books. Click them all in the link down there and, and That's support right. Kyle. Get you get you some uh, some some good some good knowledge, educating yourself. Just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can definitely read them for free if you got Kindle Unlimited. So just go ahead and down, download a copy and read to your heart's content. There you go. Well, I appreciate it once yep. again, man. And uh, next time we'll we'll get another one. This this won't be the last. We'll talk about retirement. There you go. All right. So next time, peace. Y'all have a good one.